Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn. Good morning and welcome to Talk Money here on AM 990, where we'll help you focus on your financial future. We have got a great show for you today. We've got Dr. Kevin Westbrook, who's going to be talking to us about business planning, and Jeremy Jones, who is a financial advisor with Shoemaker Financial. I am Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. Jim, good morning. Good morning, sir. Dude, have you had a wonderful week with all the volatility? I mean, it's just, it's right down your alley. I had a great day yesterday. <laughs> I guess. What do you think? I mean, you know, I mean, it's December. We've had a, um, I mean, is this the normal market? Would you talk to our listeners and say this is the normal way we look at things? Or is this the uh, the end of the year? Is it the beginning of 2015? What do you think, Right. There's, there are so many things coming into play with the market. You know, a lot of this this week has been about uh, the Federal Reserve again with Janet Yellen coming out with a press conference talking about when they're going to raise rates. Uh, it should be sometime next year. Uh, obviously, the market reacted positively to the news, but we are seeing a lot of volatility. Last week, we were down around 3.5%. This week, we've made a lot of that back, and we're coming into the end of the year. You know, we're up about 10% in the U.S. markets, uh, but right now, every Thing looks uh, looks pretty good. Well, you know, and again, next year, 2015, will be the third year of President Obama's second four-year term. Right. And, of course, the last time in the S&P was a negative on that total return basis for the third year was 19, when do you think? I could not. Oh, you do know. <laughs> you do know. Yeah, 1939. 39. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, we normally have a positive year. And that would we be do. three years in a row that we've seen a move in the market right. that has been collectively very positive. Now, again, past performance. Not indicative of future results. <laughs> but it is the reality that we seem to have a a, a Good optimism in that third year of a second-term president. We do. And, of course, the Republicans will take over the Senate and the House uh, come January. And so hopefully we can get some legislation moving and, and you know, improve the uh, fiscal side of the equation. Well, that's a hopeful. That's the wishful thinking. <laughs> hey, that's my Christmas wish. <laughs> that's your Christmas wish. That's good. I mean, it should be. And, I mean, <laughs> we would like to think that we can do that. And, of course, the recent, the fact that they did pass something last week on the budget. Absolutely. And it that showed was a big that deal. they were so willing to argue Right. But come to a compromise. Came to a compromise. And, uh, you know, opposition from both parties, which we talked about and we think was great. And, of course, we've uh, funded the government through next September without any budget battles coming up. So that's a good thing. The market loves certainty. Uh, then that's, you know, my, my wife and I were talking about that the other day. She, We were just discussing this, and it was lunch or something we were talking. And, and she said, you know, why do you think? And I said, well, actually, the reality is that, you know, and I, I this is basically what I said. I said the, the market likes certainty. And there is something about the fact that, we kind of know what's going to happen right. in the next two years. I mean, there's always things that can pull out, you know, that that, that thought process out from under us. But reality is, uh, the good point is, the market does like certainty. It does. And, of course, you know, the one thing uh, that's been good and bad has been the fall of the drop in oil prices. Of course, that's, uh, you know. Hey, I like it. I told you last week Absolutely. I bought it for 215 I bought it yesterday, 213 213 uh, And I think the national average is down to 260 260 something right. like that. Yeah. And so 
everybody's running around doing great, but we're seeing overall the oil industry, the energy side of it, and as far as the portfolios are concerned, are just taking a beating. Taking I mean, a big hit. And, and a lot of that was about, you know, the instability in Russia, you know, the strong dollar. We've talked about those things before. You know, that's a good point, though, Keith. What would you tell the listener today if they have been investing in energy would you say stay with it? I mean, would you say no? It's still it's going to be like this for the next thirty six years or whatever. What you- I would absolutely say it will not be like this for the next thirty six years, and I would say stick with it. You know, yeah. with any investment, you never like to make a trade when you're selling something that's down. Down, and you know that's, that's typically not the way you like to kind of sell high and buy yeah. low. You don't want to sell low and buy high. That yeah. typically doesn't work very well. Well, hey, that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got uh, traffic and weather, and uh, then we're coming back with two good. Great guys to talk to. We really are. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker every Friday morning from 8 to 9 on AM 990, the voice of Memphis. Let's take a quick break, see what's going on around town with traffic and weather, and check out the stock market in New York. We will be right back with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Jeremy Jones. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Haley Kemp at 901-757-5757 or email at hkemp at shoemakerfinancial.com. Welcome back to Talk Money here on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. You know, and we have uh, Dr. Kevin Westbrook with us today. And uh, why don't you introduce him? Because I think... I want to I want to kind of get back to something he talked about. He's a frequent guest of ours. Right. But introduce him, and then I want to ask him a question. Dr. Kevin Westbrook is joining us today as a professor at Union University and is the president and owner of Strategic Aim Consulting. Always happy to have him on the show. Good morning and welcome. Thanks, Keith and Jim. Great to see you again. And uh, are you having a wonderful year so far? I mean, now you are you've got you've got all your Christmas shopping done. Absolutely. Diane Diane needs to know that. That's right. Uh, And I can't believe his credibility is already sunk. We asked him one question, and now it's the worst, you know, we can't even do the program. All right. But, hey, Kevin, thanks for being with us today. One of the things we talked about last time we had you on the program, and and I think for our listeners, they need to know that Kevin is really, Keith, you know this, that he really dives into helping small businesses. Exactly. And the, the key is, as a consultant, it's, he takes the classroom, obviously, with students and not only with small businesses, but for not-for-profits. And, and he really brings that, that mindset to a small business to help. And he's very busy, which means he's pretty good at what he does. Okay. <laughs> now, and we're very glad he gives us an hour to come in and talk with us. And, of course, you know, we're going to have Jeremy to talk about some of the strategies that small businesses lead to look at in the second half of the program with us. So, but with Kevin, what we did a couple of weeks ago, it's been over a month ago now, we talked about branding. Branding. And, you know, branding is something that to a lot of us, uh, it's kind of a mindset and we don't know if it's happening or not. So, Kevin, if you could just give us that 30 second review and, and kind of overview again of what, when you say branding for the small business, what do you mean? 
Well, thanks, Jim. And, and if you'll remember, we talked last month about branding being the means for a company to, to basically burn themselves as an image or as a message in the minds of the consumer. And really, for, uh, for branding, what a brand becomes, it becomes a trust mark for the organization, which there's an emotional attachment, a connection where the customer trusts and loves. It becomes a love mark eventually uh, for, that, for that company, for the people in that company, for what that company provides, a service offering. And so really, branding is an important part of, of, stra- of strategy. And what we want to talk about today is really a multi, multiple method approach or a multi-method approach to getting the message out to the consumer market, depending on whether you're doing business with businesses or end-user consumers like you and me, we have to, uh, to use a multi-method approach to get that message out. And we're going to talk a lot this morning about advertising and the efficacy of how to measure good advertising, the efficacy of, of using advertising to get your message out and, and convey that brand. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, you're talking about advertising right now. And Keith, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier. They're going to spend for the Super Bowl coming up here in, in a month. It's close. I mean, you know, less than two months we're going to be watching Super Bowl. All the bowl games coming up right. for New Year's Day and everything that's up to that point. And then, of course, we got the first time we've seen this championship game. And, you know, the I know what it is and what it normally costs for the Super Bowl for 30 seconds. Just a 30 seconds, 30 seconds, <laughs> and it's $4 million. That's a lot of money for 30 seconds. And that's the reason why you and I don't do our advertising. <laughs> we don't put our program on the Super You're Bowl. You're probably not going to see a Shoemaker <laughs> Financial ad during the Super Bowl. <laughs> not during the Super Bowl. So, but now, you know, I mean, I think, Kevin, here's the thought. You know, give us some thoughts about advertising because, obviously, people are winning, willing to spend an enormous amount of money for effective advertising. Well, it goes back to uh, the theory of familiarity. The reason why we see ads played over and over on the Super Bowl um, is, is a Super Bowl commercial. It's really to, to increase the frequency when we, when we do advertising more, when we advertise more to our consumers, we're actually directly proportionally impacting their ability to retain the brand. And so that's why companies spend so much over and over. To, we see the same ads is because it's imprinting in our brains and we become much more familiar. So next time we're looking at the consumer shelf or we're thinking about business services or whoever it is, the, the, the name that we've seen the most in the market is the one we're going to go to. And so it's the theory of familiarity and getting that message out multiple ways, multiple times. So subliminally, it just it, it gets us into that mode of looking for that product. Exactly. It's kind of an imprinting process where we continue to think about it. It's, it's a top of mind. And so that's why it's important that companies get their brand out as many times and as often as they can. Okay, I've got a question for you. I'm thinking, I mean, I'm thinking of all those, when you say the familiarity of, the, of an advertiser, I'm thinking of, you know, it goes all the way back to, you know, flop, flop, fizz, fizz, the Alka-Seltzer commercial. That, <laughs> that's a great me. example because I, I totally mean, remember that we one. We remember that. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's tons, you know, where's the beef, you know. <laughs> but, but here's the reality. I think of advertising as retail-oriented. Now, Kevin, help me with this. You're the consultant. I'm not a retail business. Let's say I, I do very little to the overall larger part, the consumer. Right. Do I need to do advertising? Absolutely. Even businesses need to because what we're doing is when we advertise, Jim, we are shaping the decision criteria that the buyer needs to think about when they buy your service. For example, you're communicating various messages about what you do at Shoemaker. And in the process of conveying those messages that are tied back to your value prop, what you're doing is, is you're shaping the decision criteria that that person who's listening to your message 
formulates, brings together. So the next time they need financial services, let's say, they think about what they've heard about Shoemaker, and that creates the comparison set to compare you against someone else in the marketplace. Well, I mean, I guess when you think about that, they are comparing and they are trying to, I, I it just always, I just think of the retail side. Obviously you need to brand. Obviously you need to advertise. Right. The guy that's maybe not so much into the retail side, it's never, I never thought about it that way. Kevin, you've actually said that brands are like personalities. So when you, when you talk, talk about that, I mean, uh, you say, you know, keep it fresh and things like that. Tell us what that means. Personality. Brands are, are like personalities and, and keeping it fresh. Sure. What you convey to the marketplace is your compelling story. What you're doing is you're telling a message about who you are. When I say it's a personality, certain brands take on certain personalities. For example, um, not to endorse any product, but when I think about a Jeep Wrangler, the, uh, the vehicle, I think of ruggedness and adventure. And, and if you notice the types of ads you see that Chrysler puts out, they're always showing that brand in the desert or in some swamp. And, and we get the image that if I want to be tough and rugged and adventurous, I need to go out and buy that particular vehicle. So they're really, uh, I guess, if you will, painting a personality around what the brand is supposed to convey so that we put ourselves in the use of that brand or the use of that product in certain situations. So it, it creates an image, Jim, of what the product is really trying to represent. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you think about it, does. it I mean, I really do see, as soon as he said Jeep Wrangler, I wouldn't see Jeep Wrangler, uh, you know, in, in the uh, caught up in the traffic jams. If you did, it would be pulling off on the side of the road and taking it through a field. So, right, right. So that, I do see that ruggedness. So that is a good idea, the way to look at it, the personality. What do you mean, Kevin, when you say keep it fresh? Well, you need to, to, to keep getting the message out. And, and what happens that I see in my consulting practice, uh, a lot of companies get really stale with their brand message and really what they're trying to convey to the market. Here's what's interesting. We think that in times of recession and downtimes of the economy that actually people begin to pull back on advertising. I, I talk to a lot of companies, and the first thing that they start whacking on the, on the P&L is advertising expense. So we've got to keep it fresh. Here, here's, a, here's a statistic that was put out by the American Association of Advertising Agencies. And this doesn't sound like a lot, but if you think of in the grand sco scope of things, it, it really has good meaning. They said that a third to a full market share point comes out of a recession. You can, you can actually, let me, let me backtrack. You can actually gain a half to a full market share of, of positioning out of a recession for the company that continues to advertise. And so you've got to continue advertising even when you're in the middle of a recession or a downtime. And they've also said that uh, there's a strong correlation that increased sales can actually result from one single ad. That's how effective advertising can be for an organization. And over longer periods of time, there actually are higher retention rates of customers for those companies that actually advertise during the downturn or during the recession. All right. I mean, I guess this is, I'm trying to be the business owner. Okay. Right. And I'm trying to think in my mind and for our listening audience, if I'm thinking that way and whether or not I, I should do that, I mean, here I am trying to make a decision whether or not to, to do advertising or, or maybe it's, I'm part of the team and the, and the workforce. Um, and I'm thinking all of a sudden, but I got to spend a lot of money to do that. How much how much time do you do you put in this advertising? And I guess what I'm thinking about is if I go out and say, I want to do the advertising, Keith, and you know this, and I call on the advertising company, they're never going to tell me no. Right. So how do you pull that together, Kevin, and how do you put it together with a standpoint of understanding how much do I spend and how long do I do it? 
Well, uh, obviously, there are some, there's some statistics that are thrown out. I've seen a statistic a lot of companies use is 10% of gross revenues is spent on advertising. Well, that may be too much for a company. So what about 5%? Whatever the benchmark is, you need to assess where you are, what the message is you want to convey, and then put a dollar number on it. you got to set a budget. And right time stick to that number. And stick to that number. Because uh, obviously, you're going to get uh, what we call scope creep. It's, it's always easy to go out and spend more and more money, if you will, on, on advertising when sales get down. So you need to stick to what the budget is, and you need to be frugal and, effect, and, and, and pick effective means to get your message out. Well, that effective means, I guess I want to come back after we take a break, and I guess I want to talk about social media because that is, I mean, social media means, I mean, everything from the electronic side of it, the, 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 just the idea behind, I'm not a social media person, and yet it's becoming, don't say anything. Don't say anything. <laughs> I, I didn't say a word. Yeah, you did. You, I could tell you what you were thinking. I read your mind, you know. <laughs> I know what you were, I am not even going to go there. Hey, you are tech savvy, my uh, friend. Yeah, right. Uh, but, I mean, social media is becoming such a, such a tool, and uh, there's a lot of advertising on social media. Today. There really is, and I think that goes right into what Dr. Westbrook was talking about with keeping it fresh in the ways that you approach advertising. And I mean, you think of the, our listening audience today, whether you're the decision maker about, uh, you know, advertising, right. or are you the consumer who's thinking about looking at what's going on with advertising, advertising is all around us and social media is a part of that. So I, I guess I want to get into that and find out more about what he thinks about that from standpoint and how much we, the consumer, are being led by social media. I am going to be interested to hear that. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> let's take a little break first. All right. We'll uh, let's go to uh, the Osgood file, but stick around and we will be right back with Dr. Kevin Westbrook. The Osgood file. This is Osgood on the CBS radio network. Thank you for joining us here on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. You know, Keith, one of the things we were reading and talking about in the break, there's a certain lady, and I'm sure some of our listening audience may have heard of her, and she is not a client. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> but we're going to give her a call. But Lisa, reach out to us. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to her. Yeah. Lisa, let's see, let's her last name. Lisa Quam. Quam. And she lives in Auburn, Washington. Now, you're talking about, uh, this is so unique. You need to be listening to this, guys. We do not recommend this. But this is not financial planning <laughs> advice. Is, no, but this lady goes out on the 27th of November of this past, of 2014. Right. And she buys her first and only. Uh, and probably only. Only, it is. First, first Powerball uh, lottery ticket. And she does, I mean, she buys two Powerball lottery tickets on the 27th of November, 2014. And then Lisa, two days later, wins. Lisa hit it big. $90 million. <laughs> uh, okay. What's, what's the possibility of that? What's the chance? Of I that? used to know the statistics, but there's a better chance of getting struck by lightning. lightning. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, way to go, Lisa. We don't know. <laughs> oh, what else can we say? I say God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But give us a call. Yeah, but give us a call and we will help you manage that oh, and plan mercy. for your financial future. You know, I think, I think it's so unique, but uh, we don't recommend that. Um, that's not what we would consider to be. It is pretty amazing, though, that you it know, is for, for a dollar for, that she could. Know, she gets, yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. I thought it'd be fun to listen to it and talk about it. That's so. right. But we have Kevin Westbrook, Dr. Kevin Westbrook of Strategic Game Consulting with us. And we, prior to the break with Charles Osgood, we were talking about 
The the idea behind social media, and and again, we kind of admitted that I'm not a social media nut, and I do good, but um, the reality is uh, there's a ton of it going on, and it is a extremely important to any company. It it is very important, and it is a big deal, and a lot of people are using it, and it is one of the ways that you can leverage your advertising dollars. And certain thing, you know, Doctor Westbrook's going to tell us about. Well, and Kevin, you had talked about sales collaterals and things like that, but. Give us, give us this idea. What is the impact of social media? Well, Jim, it's it's huge. We're in an internet age, whether we like it or not. For us old guys, we're having to learn a lot of Careful. stuff. That's right. Uh, it's, hey, it's, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. with you, man. I hey. tell you. You know, uh, w- when we think about social media, the thing that I do like about it is it, it allows us to get a, a significant number of messages out to the marketplace for really no charge at all, for no cost. Let's talk about it. I mean, there's, there are some really easy things that we can do. If you're starting a small business, for example, the first thing that I tell people as a consultant is go out and invest three to $5,000 and get a website developed. Because I think it is, a, uh, it is an entry uh, point for you. In other words, it's sort of a point of passage. People are not going to do business with you as a small business unless you have a website. It's just something that's requisite and required for us to have to, to show credibility in the marketplace. I think that's a great point. I don't do anything without doing a Google search for it. Mm, uh, and good. I think a lot of people are like that. Well, I, I guess if you're looking at social media, I mean, LinkedIn and other things like that, yep. you're talking about that. What, what are, do you, you, when you say the tips about social media, what do you mean tips about social media? Well, so here's some things that we can do or you can do as a small business. Number one, uh, the first thing you need to do is go out and at least look at what other people are doing on their website. Become a student of your competition's website. Look at what works, what doesn't work. Look at how they're conveying the messages to the marketplace. Because you can really pick up a lot of helpful tips on some good ideas from what other people are doing in the marketplace. The second thing that I tell people to do is utilize email. I get, I've actually landed business, Jim, uh, from, from clients that I'm doing business with today because I wrote up a small article or a white paper, put it into a, a PDF file, and then emailed that out to a prospective buyer. They read it. They liked it. They circled back with me and said, hey, we want more. Come out and talk to us. And I've actually got sales that are attributed to just simply sitting down for 30 minutes and writing out a nice email that I can send out to someone. So that's a free way of advertising, getting your message out. It's, it's really simple. I tell everybody, get in on LinkedIn. It doesn't cost any money. It's basically putting your resume and your source credibility right out there on the web so that anybody can do a search on you. And by the way, I have frequent uh, people that uh, I think LinkedIn will tell you who's looking at your site. And so it's amazing uh, from a prospecting tool, the, the number of people that I can learn about and, and, and really ascertain who's looking at my, my LinkedIn profile to see if there's a potential buyer there that I might want to circle back and follow up on or with. If you have a storefront, a brick and mortar, uh, you need to be out on Google Places. In other words, they need to be able to find where you are and how to get to your, your, your location to do business with you. Well, that um, is, that's a critical point. That is. Yeah. That is. And something that a lot of people would uh, you know, not think about. Let me, let me do this. If you're interested in talking with Dr. Westbrook, 901-258-0227. That's 258-0227, uh, strategicaimconsulting.com. What's just strategicaim.com. Is well, www.strategicaim.com. So that's Kevin Westbrook. Now, Kevin... Um, I want to, Jeremy, I want you to answer this question because you do a lot of work with a lot of small businesses. In fact, you're right in the middle of a succession plan with a small business, which I want to talk to you about later. But, but when, when Kevin talks about social media, 
and the idea behind it not being terribly expensive. We're going to come back, Kevin, later on and talk about radio and television and, and print and all those things. But, but Jeremy, what do you do when you set out as a consultant with a business owner and you're working through the financials? Tell me a little bit about that discussion with the advertising or, or all the discussion about the financial side. Well, when you're talking about financials, that's talking about money. That's talking about budgeting. And when you're talking with small business owners, you have you have to maximize the dollars that you have. And so, you know, you just don't have a open budget that you can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on everything. So you have to be real strategic on where you spend your dollars. So when you're advancing a business owner and you're moving that business owner down the path, I mean, there's questions I think that they cannot ignore, and Kevin's talking about advertising, which is so many times, and Kevin, I like what you said, whether it's 10% of gross income or net income or net profits or 5%, or whatever that number is, you build it and you stick to it. And, you know, what Jeremy, you're saying, you know, what are the what are the complexity of all the things, or what is the complexity of all the things financial decisions you have to make? Where do they start? Well, where they start is, I mean, really evaluating, uh, you know, looking at everything that they have. You know, Kevin's talking to them on how do they continue to grow and advance their business. Right. right? Then I'm talking to them about how do they maintain it and protect it. And if something happens, uh, how do you protect that business and and protect themselves, but also as they're gaining people. Uh, He talked about advertising marketing. A A lot of business owners are very good at certain things. But then there's some things they have to hire or bring on staff to point. to do the other things. For example, advertising. You know, some some people just don't business owners, they're great at sales and building relationships, but they don't know how to advertise and market their business. So they hire someone within their with when within their company to do that. So if that person's very important, a key employee to your business, you have to protect that. That particular person. And so how do you keep them? Because, you know, if they're doing a really good job for you, then they might be uh, easily persuaded to go somewhere, somewhere else. else yeah. All right, let's let's go with this because uh, I really want to move through that because I think you bring such a such an, uh, an integral part for the business owner. And uh, Jeremy Jones, certified financial planner with Shoemaker Financial, uh, dedicated to that advanced type of case work where right. he spends time with the business owner. Uh, does a lot of work with that, and Kevin, what we're what we're talking with Kevin about advertising—that's the the integral parts. That's the step by step. But Jeremy, you're really talking about the 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 big plan, the strategic plan. Um, so, how do you get to the point where the business owner needs to think about a strategic plan? Well, what they what they have to establish is where do they sit today? Where what do they look like? Evaluating their current picture, and where do they want to be? Uh, where do they want to get to? The hard part is everybody, especially starting out in business, you're living day to day. You know, you're you're preparing for tomorrow, but you also got to be thinking out into the future. You got to be thinking about your personal future mm-hmm. as the owner, but also the employees and taking care of them, but also the succession planning mm-hmm. of that business. How do you plan on exiting that business? So now let's make sure you just you really just described the stakeholders. He did. And who are the stakeholders in any type of business plan? You're talking about the owner, the employees, the family, the customer. I mean, there's a lot of stakeholders in this thing. Absolutely. And so the stakeholders, you got to d- identify like who's coming along with you. You know, um, a lot of people, uh, the business owners, think about. Uh, the business and themselves, but you got to think about children. 
You know, you may have, you may be a business owner and have teenagers, but you got to think 10, 15 years from now, will they come into the business? Right. Will they start working with you? And you got to start planning for that. Well, again, I want to dive into that and, and to really get into that pretty heavy with uh, Jeremy later on in the program, because I do think the, the whole idea of how do you move a business, how do you get all that planning done, and there's a lot of things to talk about. But, Kevin, I guess when I finalize with the thought process, we talked about advertising. Help me with this understanding about radio. I mean, here we are. We're doing a radio program. It is part of Shoemaker Financial's branding. Right. Uh, it's critical. I mean, we, we try to let people get to know us a little better. Uh, it is that part of that. We've been we've done radio for many, many years. Right. Um, and I guess thought, Kevin, help. Would you talk to a small business owner about radio advertising, about magazine, you know, print advertising? When do they know to step in to do that? And then is there a time frame? I've always thought that if you do something for a short period of time, it's almost not worth doing. Uh, exactly. You got to be willing to commit to something over a long period of time and stay focused with it. Well, again, uh, Jim, and here's what I tell my students at, at the university. We, we, we talk about a concept called integrated promotions. And what integrated promotions is, it's actually pulling different pieces of advertising, different types of advertising together in, into a unified plan. The last thing you want to do as a business owner, just say, well, I'm just going to go out and let's say do radio advertising and that's all I'm going to do. It has to be integrated with other types of venues. Radio, magazines, newspaper, television are all one piece of an integrated plan. So if you think about uh, the, I guess, the, 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 the big two key words around advertising, it's focused and it's targeted. And so we would never go out and advertise in a venue or some type of media that's not focused or targeted. I mean, it's great that you're doing what you're doing here at KWAM. You are talking to business owners. This is a business owners type show. This is right. what business owners listen to. You get a lot of value out of advertising on this type of venue versus going out to one of the other radio stations in town with pop music or whatever it is and trying to advertise financial services because your audience it's extremely diverse, and they may or may not be interested in what you're talking about, for example, today, business planning and, and strategic planning. So you have to be very focused and targeted when you select television, radio, newspaper, and, and zone in, if you will, or focus on a particular market you want that message to get to. That's what's important with advertising. Well, again, I think that's critical. And so many times we, we, we don't see it as important. We, it's the last thing a lot of small businesses do. And and. Kevin's telling us it's important. Well, and important, to, I think the, the key is have that integrated plan. I think a lot of people, and, and Kevin, I would say that that's something you probably see as, as business owners that just do it haphazardly. As you said, you know, they might advertise in one place, but the, having that integrated plan, that seems to me would be the key uh, thing that they need to focus on. Well, when we come back, I, I want to dive in with Jeremy because I know there, there's this whole idea of creating a strategic plan, of a real solid business plan. And, and knowing the, the stakeholders, and Jeremy, you really brought that to the head a while ago when you said it's the person, the owner, the family, it's the employees, it's the customers, the business. So a lot of, a lot of people are involved in this strategic plan. And I want you to, uh, you've got a case you're working on right now where a, a small business and a succession plan, and I'd like to get into that. In fact, we've had a couple this week that you've talked about. So uh, I know, Keith, we've got a couple of things going on, but... Um, Tell us where we're headed. Well, let's, uh, I'll tell you what, let's uh, take a quick break and go to Rebecca Brazier for a Mid-South History moment, but let's come right back and talk to Dr. Westbrook and Jeremy Jones a little bit more about planning and advertising for small businesses. 
Though he is most famous for his very public part in the Scopes trial in Dayton, Tennessee, which concluded his life in 1925, William Jennings Bryan made a lasting impression on many aspects of American civil life and on the shape of our cultural landscape. Devout, populist, and progressive, Bryan was known as the Great Commoner for his faith in the collective wisdom of the American people. During his run for president in 1896, Bryan set the standard for future campaigns, delivering over 500 speeches across the nation while the other candidates stayed home and was the first presidential candidate to campaign in a car. Though he never won the presidency, his efforts were rewarded by his appointment as Secretary of State under President Wilson. After resigning from this post in 1915, Bryan remained publicly active and campaigned vigorously for women's suffrage, which was passed as a constitutional amendment five years later. The phrase, he kept the faith, is his epitaph. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Thanks for joining us here on AM 990. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. We're speaking with Jeremy Jones and Dr. Kevin Westbrook. Boy, you've got that smooth. <laughs> Thank you. You've got, you know, I like it. I mean, it's so smooth. You know, just ease. <laughs> We're on ease. Ease into, into the next segment. <laughs> wow. I like it. Uh, well, we're going to ease into this next segment because we do have Jeremy Jones with us. And Jeremy has, has talked about the stakeholders. And, and Jeremy, when you look at this, you're looking at a strategic plan. I mean, as Kevin talks about a strategic marketing plan, an advertising plan, what Jeremy does is look at it looks at the big financial plan, the right. whole concept behind the the running of the business and how they're trying what they're trying to do. So look at help me with this, Jeremy. You said the first thing you do is establish who the stakeholders are. Where do we go from there? Yeah, well, just like we've talked about, you know, just the sheer numbers of of answers that you and questions that you have as a business owner can paralyze you. And so trying to, how can you stay on track? So oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's a big that's deal. That's a big point. You know, when you, I mean, that is uh, the, just the sheer number can just stop you right in the middle of your tracks. Great point. People there. are bringing things to you every day to make decisions on, and that makes it very difficult. So, you know, trying to put a plan in place, you know, we talked about identifying the stakeholders, then looking at where are you now and where are you going, kind of putting out the plan ahead, um, and then looking at personal, business, or both. You know, a lot of people lean one way or the other. When you go in, when business owners go into their business, they are focused 100% on their business, not thinking about how the business does affects them personally or what the business can do for them personally. So trying to put a plan together to work on both and then moving forward, you know, looking through all the different priorities and looking at the different things when we're talking about, and there's really six different things that you look at. Six different Strategies or six, six different areas okay, that you got to right. look at as a business owner. And, and first, first of all, you look at retirement income strategies. So a lot of people just think about saving as much as they can, as long as they can. Are there different strategies that you can save for when you take income later on during retirement? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different ways that can affect your taxes and income strategies. So that's one area to look at when you talk about retirement savings. Uh, estate planning. Can you successfully transfer the assets you've worked a lifeline, uh, lifetime to accumulate? Uh, you got to think about that. Transferring your estate to your heirs. Retirement plans. Does your retirement plan within the company that you created does it is it, does it meet up the needs for your employees? Okay, let me stop you right there. I want to ask the question: When you say retirement strategies, income strategies, 
You're not talking about a 401k plan there. You're not talking about a, a qualified pension plan. You're talking about the business itself, right? What, how are you going to, what type of strategy that business owner has that's going to allow him to step away? I, explain that in a little bit more detail. Yeah, the retirement income strategies is looking at, you know, uh, from the business owner, how am I going to extract an income in the future okay. from this business? Is that a question that sometimes you, when you start working with someone that you find that they hadn't thought about? I mean, is Absolutely. That- I mean, they're still working every day trying to do some of the things Kevin's growing it and sustaining it and just making an income today. Kevin, do you see that when you're talking to business owners where they, they're 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 so involved in the, the day-to-day? I mean, Keith, right. if you think about that. Oh, you could get caught up in that completely. And, just, and you're not even thinking about what, what Jeremy has talked about. Kevin? Yeah, in, in, in the marketing side, the advertising side, we see a lot of times they're so focused on getting one ad out or getting one seminar done in town that they, th- that they don't think about the entire scope of what mm. the overall strategy is for the organization. And then they, then they worry, or they, it comes back to them rather and they worry, why did I create a fragmented advertising strategy? It's not very effective and I can't get the measures and the metrics that I want out of the ad, ad strategy that I've put forth. And that's a major problem for a lot of, a lot of companies. It, they become very reactive or they run out because sales are down and they become very reactive with the new advertising blitz and then they don't get the results that they want to. You've got to be proactive and strategic about these decisions. Well, the word strategic, that's a big word. And, I, and yet, Jeremy, when you work with someone, and I know you're working with a, with a family today where you're helping them go through some of these strategic thoughts processes, and I know there's three more ideas that you have. Why don't you cover those, and then I want to ask you about this particular real-life yes, case. So we talked about the personal side of it from the strategy, the income strategy, the estate planning. Then then you start getting into the business and the employees, the retirement plans, the benefits. Uh, then you've got to start thinking about executive compensation. You know, a lot of business owners, again, they're great at building and growing a business, but now you got potentially some key employees that you might need to add some executive compensation for them to keep them around, to keep them long-term. Mm-hmm. Then you got the key person stuff, the key man stuff. If somebody did not show up tomorrow, you know, you got a salesperson that's generating a lot of revenue for you. If they don't show up the next day, what does that do to the overall revenue? Well, you were talking just recently with uh, three heirs that are going to be taking over a business, and all three of these young men are taking over a very, very successful business, and yet they are all three differently doing doing different things. Absolutely. And they have different skill set. Absolutely. And so uh, you got to talk to the business owner. If one of those people do not show up tomorrow, what does that do to you? Yeah. You might have to hire one, two, three people and train them in the time, energy, and effort. So it takes money to do that. So you might want to have some type of protection on it. All right, Joe, so you've talked about retirement strategies. You've talked about estate planning. you talked about retirement income as far as the qualified 401ks. You've kind of gone through executive compensation, key person. Uh, and what's the sixth one? Business succession. You know, that's when you're ready to decide to exit the business. And that's that last final thing that most business owners, that's that last triggering event that's the hardest do you find that to be something that most people just don't get into they just don't think about it's always just going to happen naturally and uh, yeah the easy the easy answer for all business owners is well my family will just take it over okay my, right. my children if, gonna I, come if in. I just don't show up tomorrow that my, my my kids my son my daughter will just take it over or a key person that's you know say it's not a family member they'll just take it over well it's not that easy uh it's really really not that easy you well, can't just assume that that's going to happen. You've got a plan for you it. You've got a plan for it. When, let's do the weather and traffic and give everybody a chance to see what's going on with the traffic right now. But I think he's got a great story about really how that succession planning 
can be difficult and uh, the family dynamics. And I want to hear him talk. Absolutely. And we are here every Friday morning on AM 990. Of course, Talk Money is brought to you by Shoemaker Financial, which has been providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service throughout the Mid-South since 1978. Let's go quickly to see what's going on around town, traffic and weather, and how the market is doing in New York. But we will be right back with Jeremy Jones. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. Welcome back. I'm Keith Quinn here with Jim Shoemaker. And we're talking with Dr. Kevin Westbrook and Jeremy Jones. And I guess um, I'd like to get Jeremy. Jeremy, you were the last thing you said in the, in the strategies that you had mentioned, and you'd said something about retirement income strategies. That's where the business owner has to think about how is he going to get dollars or whatever, out dollars obviously, out of the business when he gets time to retire. Number two, estate planning transferring it according to what his desires are, her desires are, and then retirement plans, and that's, of course, employee benefits that begins to start. And then you talked about executive compensation, key person. I mean, Kevin even mentioned, you know, a chief marketing officer for a company could become critical to the success of a company. So that's a key person. Then you mentioned business succession, and we said that sometimes can be the murkiest, muddiest, difficult Talk about that. Tell us, I mean, you had a personal story that you're working with. Yeah, we, we've been working on a case. Uh, I've been working on a case with another advisor in the office, um, small business owner. Uh, they came to us about, you know, personal retirement planning. Finally starting to see, you know, in their early 60s, actually looking at saying, you know what, maybe we need to be looking at retirement, looking out in the future. So as we're getting into a personal plan, right, as we're looking at it, well, what is their retirement strategy? Well, the retirement strategy is going to be business. Right. Because the somehow they have to extract the asset from the asset income from that business. So once we started uh, talking about that and talking about the needs, we started really getting into the business. <clears throat> and, and they have family in mm. the business, a son, a son-in-law that are actually working in the business and actually running the day-to-day operation of the business. So great, great uh, situation Should for be them. very simple. Just Absolutely. click the switch and it's done. Should be that simple. But when you start getting into numbers and start getting into buyouts and payments and selling it out, how do we go about doing it and taxes, fair prices and values, uh, family makes it a little bit more dynamic. How you structure uh, that can be complicated. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, doing it as a need versus what the asset is worth, you know, that's two different, that's two different things. You know, if, if the, the boys, the son and the family see it as, um, on the succession, see it as we want to pay as little as, and as, as much. Yeah, right, so, right. Yeah, I can understand so that. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to pay that much, but. When we start seeing it from who owns the business, they see it as we need this amount for the next, say, 10 years to live off of and to make it last our lifetime. Right. So there's a huge dynamic there 
that they want to be fair, but they also there's a need. And now they can continue on and continue to own the business. I know you've had multiple family meetings where you've had all the family in there and working with them. Sure. Uh, how does that work? I mean, how do you feel that that, uh, I mean, is that necessary or, or how do you do that? It is necessary because the communication is key. You know, anything that we do, communication is critical. And if you're not communicating, uh, then it starts creating that tension, knowing that there's something there that they're not disclosing or sharing or uh, that personal feeling then it starts causing types uh, issues. Then it becomes us versus them. You know, this is not family anymore. It becomes strictly a business decision. And that makes it very difficult, especially this time of the year when we talked about, you know, uh, having Thanksgiving dinner when we're talking about this was pretty quiet. Uh, and now we're coming up on the holidays and right. really our, our clients, the sellers, just wanted to push it off a year. They just said, you know what, let's just wait. And you know what, I, I was totally fine with that. But the boys are ready to take it over. They're running it today. Right. They are running the business. And I, we've shown them the financial gain to doing that. Um, but again, they're they're looking at it as a business and trying to, uh, to make the most out of it. Well, I, I think it's important. I mean, if you're interested and want to talk more with Jeremy Jones, telephone number is 757-5757, area code 901 uh, if you want to talk with Kevin, strategicaim.com. Telephone number there, 258-0227. And both of these guys do a wonderful job in helping small business owners, uh, employees, employers work together and to get the things done. I mean, Jeremy, you're talking about personal side. I mean, it's like a, it's designing a plan. It's really spending the energy to get the job done. So, man, what a, I mean, great thought process. A great thought process. And, you know, that's what I've learned today is that I would consult both of these gentlemen Absolutely. because they are experts. Yep, uh, and it's are. all about planning. And it's all about having that integrated and plan. And lots of experience. Lots of experience. Guys, I want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for the information. Thanks, Keith. Great to be here again. Jim, great to see you as well. And Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you both. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas as well. And we've got a great show next week with yes, Frank we Allen uh, yes. talking about planning for the unexpected. Right. And that's going to be a, a, one of those programs that you don't want to miss because regardless, things do happen that you don't expect. Things do happen. And thank you for joining us today. I want to thank Art Frederick, our program director, Francis Fortner, our guest coordinator, Eleanor Moskovitz, and Katie Brashear, our production assistants, Drew Johnson, who writes our Mid-South History Moments, and Rebecca Bray who does a phenomenal job of reading them. I am Keith Quinn. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Please join us next week when we'll help you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Keith Quinn are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities dealer member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.